Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 49, The Power of Novelty. What? He's slurring your words a little bit. Wow. Uh, no. Doing something novel? Getting hammered? Before no, the, I'm not getting hammered <laughs> the before podcast? the podcast. I, I assure you that I'm only drinking water. I, I try to mix up how I say the theme because it sounds so, sometimes like a corny announcer is saying it. And I tried it, but I just sound drunk apparently. Just a little. Yeah. But, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Today. We are talking about something that I think a lot of us need more of, especially in COVID times, and that is novelty. That's why I made the introduction so novel. Uh, Let me ask you a question, Arden Nordstrom, a wife of mine. In quarantine, how has time passed for you? I say quarantine, but I guess just COVID with uh, days kind of appearing the same. Yeah, I think like a lot of people, it feels like it's gone by both insanely quickly and both really slowly. Like if I think back on what's happened in the last year, there's been a lot of change in our lives and in the world. But I'm not going to talk about the world because that's nobody needs to hear more about that. I think people are so done with COVID content, they're ready to move on with their lives. So I'll move on with this discussion. And in our own lives, I know there's been quite a lot of stuff happening in the last year. We bought a house. Um, Both of our work has been all over the place. We've had a lot of stuff to do this year. So, and I know personally, there've been a lot of changes too. So, I mean, there's been a lot going on this year, Yeah. but at the same time, every month I get to the end of the month and think, oh my gosh, that went by so quickly. So there's kind of a, both, both elements there. It's been such a novel year and yet the days aren't very novel. And I think this is why People say, oh, the year has felt like 10 years, but it's also felt like 10 minutes because novelty is what uh, changes our perception of time. Uh, We kind of use novel moments, novel experiences as markers in time that we can look back uh, on and remember. And so we're going to remember this year. By God, I, I hope we, we remember this year. Uh, if not, we'd, we'd probably have bigger problems going on in our life. But the year has been so novel, but the days kind of blend into one another. And so because we have these markers in time, we're going to look back on this as a really big year in our life, but maybe the days aren't necessarily the same way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I, everybody can relate to this, where there are certain months or even maybe years of your life where you're like, I don't really remember what happened that yeah. year. Um, but then there will be other years where maybe you got married that year. Maybe you had your first child. Maybe you climbed Mount Everest. I don't know. Whatever you're into. I got a new plant for my office. Oh, that plant has seen better days. Yeah. Is that novel? Not that particular plant, <laughs> but the, yeah, sure. A new plant would definitely be novel. Here's what I find fascinating about novelty. Uh, is to our brain, almost nothing matters more than novelty. Uh, Even when we tend to digital distractions, when we tend to uh, different things, the foods that we eat, we tend to 
maximize our novelty, which is why we eat so many processed foods because they're all more novel than the next. Uh, But there's actually, I think I've mentioned this a couple of times in the podcast before, there's a novelty bias embedded within our brain's prefrontal cortex, the logical part of our brain, by which for every new and novel thing we direct our attention at, our mind uh, bathes us in a hit of dopamine, that uh, chemical that is correlated with the anticipation of pleasure. And so we pay attention to Instagram. We get a hit of dopamine. We go, we, we hop on the Peloton bike. We get a hit of dopamine. We buy a new plant. Maybe we don't get a hit of dopamine, but, but that, that's like, that's what matters so much about novelty is our mind is wired to reward us with uh, every hit of novelty that we take. And there are some kind of uh, instances of novelty that blend into one another, like thinking about Twitter or time on Instagram or social media. We pay attention to that because of this novelty bias, but yet we don't necessarily remember those moments because really when you zoom out, no tweet is too novel within the context of your life. So maybe I'll step back. What do you mean by novelty here? Yeah, something that is surprising to the mind. And so stepping back even further from this idea of of dopamine, our mind loves to be surprised. And there's actually three factors that influence the uh, extent, the size of the dopamine hit that we get when we pay attention to different things. Uh, number one is genetics, which, you know, there's a, a large number of diseases that are essentially diseases of dopamine, uh, like Parkinson's disease comes to mind. There are others that uh, are correlated with higher or lower, lower levels of the chemical. Um, then there's the direct effect. So how much something actually affects you. Uh, You get a bigger or smaller hit depending on that. But the third factor that influences the size of the dopamine hit is novelty. So just how how surprising something is. And our mind loves to be surprised and actually rewards us in in subtle ways whenever we surprise it. So uh, a good example of this, a good illustration of this is around expectations. And so it's, it's sometimes said that the path to greatest happiness is through lower expectations. Expectations actually matter with the size uh, of dopamine release and, and surprise. So, you know, if you have some rich uncle who buys you a nice Christmas present every year, and under the Christmas tree, there's a, an iPad-shaped box. Uh, and if you open it and you get an iPad Pro, that exceeds your expectations. That, that's a nice surprise. And so you'll get a larger dopamine hit. Um, if it's a framed picture of you and him in, in an iPad box, you'll probably experience a dearth of... Do- dearth, does dearth mean a little or a lot? You know, this is one of those words I read all the time, yeah. and I, I, I just go by how it's used. So, I don't know. <laughs> but if I say it, everybody will be confused. You, you'll experience a not no hit of dopamine in that case, whereas if you opened it and you got, I don't know, 20 grand of cold, hard cash inside of that box, you'd probably feel pretty damn good and get a good dopamine hit as, as a result. So, the, the three factors of dopamine, uh, genetics, direct effect, and that novelty, that surprise, uh, it drives so much of what we do for this reason, but it also matters for that exact same reason too. So basically all this to say, novelty can be anything that is unexpected, right? Or different, something that your, yeah. your body and your brain don't expect. I mean, this can be anywhere in your day-to-day activities. So this could be maybe you wake up and instead of having breakfast right away, you instead- have dinner. 
Sure. No. <laughs> have dinner. Um, but instead of having breakfast right away, you go for a nice walk or yeah. maybe you go for a different route if you go for a walk every day. Uh, I know this is something I've been doing a lot lately. I, I am a pretty regular runner. And in the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to mix up my running routes because, I mean, I run a lot now because of COVID. Humble brag. No, I mean, it's just like, a, what else are you supposed to do? Um, but Hang I have out been, with me constantly, 24-7. I, I do that too. I yeah. can fit it all in amazingly. Um, but yeah, I've been running a lot more lately and I'm getting a little tired of the same, uh, 10 K loops. So I have been finding new 10 K loops, which has been kind of nice. And I've been really enjoying that. So, I mean, you can find novelty anywhere in your, all, all over in your life. I mean, maybe this is going to be working from a different part of your house or from a different kind of location. If that's something that's feasible for you, you can run by all these students violating the stay at home order, hanging out in the park in our city. Yeah. It's a little frustrating in our little town right now. Yell at them like an old woman. Yep, that's me. <laughs> I am technically a student with them, but I'm going to keep of. myself in a separate category because I'm not an undergrad. We live in a student town for yeah. those of you who uh, nice little town. haven't listened before. It's a nice little town, nice but little, it's a student town. Nice little town full of people that don't follow the COVID rules. But yeah, you can find novelty in any part of your life. It's just something that you wouldn't normally do. And this, I mean, I'm ca- kind of curious what your thoughts are on how the idea of novelty aligns with the idea of building habits or cultivating mm, habits. What yeah. do you think about that? I think habits exist for the things that we don't want to think about that make us better automatically whenever we do them. They don't exist to create an experience that we want to remember. Uh, novelty exists for memories, right? If you look back at, at, at your life and you think about your best memories, those are the experiences in your life that were the most novel. Maybe they're the ones you went into with no expectations. Maybe they were the surprise, you know, when somebody, you know, you're out for a hike and then you turn around and somebody's down on a knee and proposing Mm -hmm. to you. Or maybe it's, you know, the flight that you take and somebody calls you up, the the, uh, stewardess or whatever they're called, (laughs) the gate agent calls you up and they say, oh, You've been upgraded to first class. We had a bit of extra room and we know your last flight was delayed. You know, novelty exists to create memories. And I think that's why this idea of novelty is such a beautiful tool to use right now because, you know, it's messing with our perception of time. Uh, But by making our life more novel, even if that's uh, a bit of a challenge to structure in COVID times, you know, we've been getting board games. So we've been trying out various board mm-hmm. games. We've bought an exercise bike that, you know, we've talked about on the podcast. People are probably sick of hearing. You know, we, we've we've made sure to order in from pretty much every restaurant around town to experience all these novel cuisines. But Are you tired of my food? Yeah, it's not novel anymore. <laughs> what can I say? No, but, but are you tired of my cut-up veggies, the, the big thing of cut-up veggies in the fridge that's there constantly? No, that's great. That's yeah. a nice little habit to have. Habit. There maybe, you go. The, maybe you can throw in some new veggies next time. Veg, vegetables exist for habits. Indian food exists for the memories. But we can use this knowledge uh, because the more novel we make our life, the slower that time can pass and the more memories that we accumulate. And so we can use this idea that our brains love novelty above almost any other factor because of that connection with dopamine to structure our days, to structure our life, so that it becomes a bit more meaningful. Yeah, I like that. The balance between habits and and novelty, where you build the habits to do the things that you want to do, and then 
you can feel a novelty within that. I think that's like exactly, I'm thinking about my running habit where I, I have a pretty solid running routine where I go for a run after work and, but I'm building a novelty. So I have the habit, go to, go for a run, build in the novelty by going yeah. on a different route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can build novelty into habits. Yeah. Can't you? I like that. They're very yeah. complimentary. So it, they're not, I know we talk about habits a lot on the show and this episode's obviously about novelty, but I don't think these things are mutually exclusive. They no. can definitely be inter interwoven with one another. So how can we find more novelty? I I love, you know, talking about the theory, but then chatting about the ways that we can do things a bit differently. So we've talked about our bike. We've talked about the meals. We've talked about board games. We're doing and running. Um, running. We're doing a Marvel movie marathon here at the Becoming Better household. Slowly. Very Chris slowly. has the patience for movies of of a kid in church of a kid in church yeah. yeah it takes us a very long time to get through a movie and i mean i don't really like spending a lot of time watching shows or tv or movies or anything so we're slowly making our way through what feels like a million marvel movies no there's like 15 <laughs> and they're all good covid content i think there's like 20 oh you don't know how much is ahead of us maybe we no. won't finish this marathon but eventually we'll get yeah. there yeah but yeah there are tons of ways to seek out novelty even during weird times where maybe you're stuck in your house, although that's changing all over the world right now. So, I mean, you can seek out novelty in all sorts of interesting places. I mean, this will depend a little bit on on how introverted or extroverted you are. Mm. I know that probably it doesn't sound intuitive, but I mean, Susan Cain talks about this in her book, Quiet, where introverts are just a little more sensitive sensitive to novel stimulation. So mm. your sources of novelty might look different than somebody else's. Obviously, there are a whole host of other things that might affect how how stimulated you feel by something novel or something new. Um and this can also be affected by caffeine. This is something oh, yeah. you've talked about. Yeah. And this is actually quite fascinating. So introverts are more stimulated by their environment by default. And so because of that, they're influenced by caffeine differently. So if you're doing an important presentation for your boss's boss's boss or something, and you're an introvert, maybe you don't want to have that cup of coffee beforehand because it could overstimulate you and lead you to become a bit more anxious than than you might uh, want to be in order to perform well. But if you're an extrovert who benefits from uh, as much energy as, as possible, uh, that caffeine could actually help you and won't push you over some uh, threshold uh, after which you won't perform mm. as well as you did before it. So something to keep it, it's kind of adjacently related to novelty simply because uh, of that idea of stimulation. Interesting. Yeah, I know that holds up for me. I'm yeah. pretty introverted and I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So yeah. um, that makes a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about this. But you have a I, cup of coffee and you're. I'm a mess. You don't sweat, <laughs> you, you percolate. Anyway, um, here you have it another episode where we've woven caffeine in there somehow. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Take a shot, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Not of espresso, but anyway, some other, some, some like obvious ideas. I mean, you can look out for meeting new people. I mean, this is a big source of novelty, the people you spend your time with, right? That's a huge source of novelty for a lot of people. So this can also be linked to finding new kinds of hobbies. I know you took an improv class a little while ago. Maybe that's a long while ago now, but anyway, you took it when when you could at some point, but that's a good way to, to meet new people, to try something new. I mean, a really good example is taking dance classes or, or taking taking some kind of course where you might interact with new people and maybe learn a new skill or a new hobby that you might end up loving. So can buy a plant. 
Yeah, you can buy a plant too. I mean, there are also plant groups. So if you want to meet people and learn something about plants, you could double those things. Do you think there's anybody else that bought a plant in quarantine? That <laughs> I, I feel like meet? everybody bought plants during quarantine. If you bought a plant in quarantine, please email me, Chris. And got a dog. Oh, yeah. We Everybody's didn't get a dog. gotten a dog. <laughs> yeah. All these COVID dogs. It's uh, <laughs> it's adorable. Um, but anyway, on, so on top of finding a new hobby or meeting new people, that you can also, of course, turn to things like new books or new genres of books. I know yeah. I have been getting into like Erotica. horror. Oh. No. <laughs> I've been getting a little bit into like the horror genre of things, which has been very different than what I've typically right yeah so, you don't strike me well strike me i know you pretty well you're not really a horror lover no i no. i usually actively avoid it but i've just i recently was thinking maybe i should try something new and yeah, i'm thinking thinking and i picked up a book at a bookstore without looking it up on goodreads so and yeah. it turned out to be a horror book it did yeah it's been good so far huh anyway um, are you are you terrified not constantly so far. no okay no not so far Anyway, um, but yeah, these are just a couple of examples of something you can find novelty for. Maybe it's taking up some kind of new exercise routine. Maybe it's taking up a different kind of exercise routine. Anything that's just different from your normal routine. Or it it can be very, very simple or very, very complicated. Just adding a little bit of spice in your life that'll make your time seem more, more fulfilled. And be playful about it too. You know, look at the things that you used to do in a spirit of play, because play and novelty kind of are intertwined together. So I've taken up painting more. Uh, I've started to play the piano a bit more. I bought a a plant. And and so there's like countless things that we can do in in this spirit of play that can lead us to novelty as well. well. Uh, Play is something we're getting a lot less of these days simply because we're letting anxiety run a lot of what we do these days. I, th- I think I, I read a, uh, a statistic the other day saying about 40% or so of people surveyed are experiencing either anxiety or uh, mental health issues right now. And by God, I'm surprised it's only 40%, you know, the, <laughs> the, the amount of news that we're consuming, the amount of uh, dopaminergic things that we pay attention to that are just kind of uh, novel bits of stimulation, kind of an empty form of novelty is is what we can think of as distraction. But yeah, what what did you used to do in a spirit of play? Maybe growing up, I, I picked up a kid's book uh, the other day called Henry and Ribsy. I, I remember reading this book voraciously. Yeah, don't know what did I use means, that? but you knew, you know what voracious means. Kudos. V- v- well voluptuously read read this book. Not quite. Okay, <laughs> by Beverly Cleary, uh, who was well. I picked up the book the other week on on a Monday and started reading it. And God bless this lady; she passed away on the Thursday, uh, but she was a hundred and four. So no no worries there. She had she had a really good life. What was a book that you read as a kid that you haven't picked up in a while? Could you revisit that? And and it was fascinating. I've read this book maybe a dozen times growing up, maybe more. And I found ways in which I think today that uh, that I think were partly informed by that book itself. So, hmm. what what book was formative for you as a kid? What what uh, playful things were formative for you? Uh, another fascinating way to find novelty, especially right now. Uh, cut out the news, pick up a book, pick up something novel. 
Yeah, you got me thinking about this idea of play and and bringing in some like more playful aspects of uh, to make your time more novel. And I, yeah. I I thought back on what I used to do as a kid that I really loved. And before I started to hate it, I loved Taekwondo. And oh. um, I, I did Taekwondo for a really long time. And I actually was thinking about how much I used to love just the the like, kicking part of it. And the I just loved the like the drills part of Taekwondo. Uh, you loved and- the outlet for your severe aggression. Sure, let's go with that. I mean, no one has ever described me that way, but yeah, let's go no, with that. Just <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, and I I took a kickboxing class online the other day because I thought you this did? would be so fun. Yeah, huh. and it was it was super cool. I have never done kickboxing. Oh my gosh, it's hard. But it I was better, a really I fun. I better watch out. Yeah, it was just a really fun kind of way to get back into something I used to do quite a lot and really loved. So I'll definitely be doing that. Should again. I be careful walking around the house? Uh, Turning corners and stuff, I might get the knit wind kicked out of me. You, you are now the uh, Chuck Norris of the the household. How do I mean, you feel? I've always had a black belt. That's I've always been the Chuck Norris of this relationship. I have a black belt too. I'm wearing it right now. Lame. That's a leather belt. Mine has my name written on it, embroidered. It's a, wow. it's a whole. I big could get thing. this embroidered, but then I would be taking this dad joke way too far. But I think the bottom line. Pay attention to novelty. Pay attention to how novel your days are. Uh, you know, they can only be so novel and, you know, definitely account for the constraints that you've got in your life. But uh, novelty is an ingredient that can lead to uh, more memories, more meaningful experiences, and ultimately a better life. And it can make time feel like it's not really slipping away as fast, uh, which is always a, a beautiful thing. All right. So if you listen to the show, you know that at the end of every episode, we try to give listeners a little something to think about. Listeners just like you. Now we're PBS. Yeah. I haven't watched PBS in forever. Oh, well, man, Sesame Street. Yeah, they have a new Ken Burns documentary about... Uh, Hemingway. Hemingway, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know anything about Hemingway. Probably because I'm not American. I don't know anything about Ken Burns. Really? No. He's like the biggest documentary maker of all time. Really? And his documentaries are amazing. Yeah, I watched the one on Prohibition. It's terrific. Oh, I didn't know they were still allowing viewings of that. In theaters? Oh, because it's Prohibition. <laughs> oh, man, that took me a long time. Yeah, that means <laughs> it's a good joke. The longer it takes somebody to get... Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. that, yeah, that's what makes a joke, taking a long time to understand. I like to think my <laughs> jokes are the... Uh, the the fine whiskey of jokes, you know, they're they're meant to be stirred with around in your hand like a little tumbler of whiskey. They don't, they don't go down like a like a cheap beer, you know. Wow, so humble. All right. Um, Speaking of humble, now <laughs> so, the book you got in your hands there oh off the clock. Gosh. So there's two authors on the front of the book. One is Laura Vanderkam, the probably the one of the world's foremost time management. Some might say gurus. What's that at the very top of the book cover there? So Chris blurbed this book, and yeah, so that does mean your name is on it. Well, underneath on the cover, the, though. Underneath the tiny little blurb, um, on yes, on the cover. But yeah. you do tend to, you're a little obsessed with this. It's a, a weird little ego it, well, thing for you. You know, it's it's a thing if you're an author where uh, they they like you blurb other books. But it's this is the only time it's been on the cover. So I love looking at this thing just for like a nice 
ego trip. If I'm ever feeling insecure, I'll just pick up this book off the clock. And tell me about it. And so, tell, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. But anyway, sorry, I've interrupted you enough. Yes. Anyway, so um, in the book, Laura talks about, it, there's an entire chapter dedicated to the relationship between novelty and how we perceive our time. Mm. And um, in the book, she talks about how if you are doing the same thing in and out, it, it tends to um, stack up. So the quote itself goes like this, quote, when enough sameness like this stacks up, whole years disappear into memory sinkholes, end quote. And I really like this quote because I think this idea of a memory sinkhole is so captivating and so vivid because I can definitely feel, I mean, the fourth year of my PhD kind of just sinks into a sinkhole for me where mm. it was all the same every day and I don't really remember distinctly what happened. But this year has been <laughs> so much different than that where I'm, anyway, the the daily routine has been a little different just because we're working from home a lot. And yeah. anyway, it's been, a, it's been a very different experience. So there are entire like sections of your, of your life where if you Swats. are kind of stuck in a a routine and these very repeating patterns, it can feel like those that time just slipped away entirely. And so novelty is kind of allows you to have these markers basically in your time that prevent these sinkholes from developing. It's a bit dark. Time slipping away. But it it's I really <laughs> I think it's a really cool and like encouraging yeah. idea because if you think of this as yeah, if you do the same routine in and in and out every single day for endless periods of time, yeah, it can end up feeling like a bit of a sinkhole where you, yeah. you don't have anything tangible to grasp onto within that time. But if you just add a little bit of novelty in there, it prevents this from happening, right? It yeah. means that these sinkholes just don't exist because you can grasp onto what you were doing a week ago, a month ago, a year ago um, in a much more tangible way. So you That's don't need these time. Need, it's COVID's kind of a memory sinkhole in a lot of ways, but in novelty ways, yeah. is the path out. Yeah. Nice. It's the ladder out of a sinkhole. Bit of housekeeping <laughs> to finish up this episode with. What do you think of this image right here? Just had this designed. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so we've had a thing mentioned uh, in the last few episodes where if you review the podcast and, and email me a screenshot, Chris at a life of productivity.com, we will sign and mail you a postcard. If you don't want us to sign it, we could just send you the postcard. I don't know if our signatures add anything mm -hmm. to the back of it, but we, I got the design in. We've been through a few iterations of this thing. And I actually love this. The little superheroes on the front with a big thank you word cloud looks kind of kind of neat kind of clever if you want to see it uh just leave a review <laughs> of the show and uh, uh email it to chris at a life of productivity.com so finishing up thank you so much for listening to the very end uh email me a screenshot chris at a life of productivity.com of that review if you want this postcard sent to you we'll mail these anywhere in the world even i don't know Name an obscure country. Timbuktu. Even if you live in Timbuktu or if you live in the Cayman Islands for tax purposes, we'll even email or mail you a copy. <laughs> we won't email. We'll, we'll mail you a copy of this thing. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.